Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. It has definitely been some time since I've recorded one of these episodes, and if you're like a diehard Yogi Fuel listener, I'm sorry. Um, I took a bit of an unintentional break from the podcast and, you know, being super active on social media. I shared about this a little bit more over on Instagram, uh, but the Coles Notes version here is I just needed a little bit of time to kind of self-reflect, to slow down a little. Um, if you're a mom and you're listening to this, then you know that trying to be and do everything is incredibly challenging. And I just needed some ease in my life. And I'm really grateful for that opportunity and that time I took because I think it gave me a little bit more perspective on what it is that I want to really do with Yogi Fuel, with this platform and what I want to share about And if you've been following me since the beginning, then you've probably followed all of my, not to toot my own horn here, but super delicious vegan recipes, which I still do. I still develop them, but I've taken a bit of a a backseat from that because what I've learned through my coaching programs and through just my own journey is that food is only one piece of the greater puzzle of transformation that happens with yoga and Ayurveda. And so I wanted to take this episode as an opportunity to just really kind of deep dive into what the role of, say, diet is in the context of yoga and Ayurveda and why we don't necessarily want to get so hung up on exactly what we eat or stress about being like 100% vegan or any of that stuff and really get clear on the role of food in that larger context of practice, like I said, because I think that a lot of us, and I know this was the case for me, like when I first started to become more conscious about what I was eating, like way back in the day, I think I've shared about this when I did like the whole 30 and started eating like real foods. It was very much from a place of wanting to change my body, like being unsatisfied with my physical body and wanting to be thinner or more fit looking. Like it was for that reason. And as my practice deepened, it became, I've shared about this as well, about ahimsa. Like I didn't want to be a part of the violence of the animal. And again, as I've evolved, it's sort of like become more about fueling my body, nourishing my body, feeding it what it needs to function optimally. And in the context of say, like a big thing that I've started focusing on, um, that I've seen with a lot of my clients are these like big three stress, energy, and anxiety. Like people in this modern world, we are struggling with those three things so much. And, you know, I've been thinking about the role of food in supporting the body and mind in stress, energy, and anxiety. And I wanted to share with you about why food is important, but why it's not everything. Um, So from an Ayurvedic perspective, whenever we go through any sort of, you know, protocol, specifically, I'm going to use the example of the Yogi Fuel Method, because that's the sort of framework that I use for all of my one-on-one clients and my group coaching clients, we start with food. Um, We start with shifting the diet 
Um, and that shift does uh, slowly happen over the duration of our program. It's not like week one diet, and then we never talk about diet again. But the foods that we eat are important because they do build up our physical body. And our physical body, it's important that we learn and understand how to work with the physical body because we exist in this planet in a physical body. It's like our vessel. It's the vessel that we use to accomplish our tasks, to experience this life. And so we want to make sure that that vessel is working quite well or working optimally. And in the context of yoga and Ayurveda, we want to prepare that physical body to be like a clear vessel for deeper spiritual practice. And I think I've said that before. But in the context of healing, say from stress, energy, and anxiety, we want to, first, we actually want to, if there's any sort of toxic buildup, we want to eliminate that. And then we want to work toward building really strong tissues, right? We want to work toward building our body up. We might call it building OGIS. Um, and if you want to learn more about OGIS, I have a whole podcast episode on it. I want to say it's like podcast eight, but we want to work toward building up a super strong physical body so that we are equipped with everything that we need physically to ward off stress. So when we have strong OGIS from a physical perspective, we're not going to get sick as much. You know, the stressors of life aren't going to impact us as much physically. I'm the kind of person who I know that if I'm overly stressed, I need to do the extra work of fueling my body more, eating more food, more nourishing foods, because stress makes me sick really quickly. And so if we're sick all the time, if we're feeling tired and depleted and anxious all the time, if our physical body isn't working well, we are not going to be able to go out there and do our dharma and go and be the best version of ourselves to fulfill the duties that we need to fulfill in this life. So if you're a mom and you're freaking exhausted all the time, or you're a yoga teacher and you're like super run down and depleted or whatever your job is, like whatever your thing is you do every day, if you are exhausted and stressed and burnt out, you're not going to be very effective at your job. And so that actually starts with building up the physical body in such a way that it is strong and resilient. Also, I don't know if you guys can hear birds chirping in the background, but I'm at my mom's house and they have um, these three birds that they actually named <laughs> Mel, Vikram, and Jess. My sister's name is Jess. And so they named them after us and they're squawking and I can hear them, but I don't know if you can hear them because I have like a, a fancy microphone, <laughs> but if you can, um, I'm not in like a jungle. I'm actually, I'm in Brantford, Ontario, which if you don't live in Toronto, it's like small town, Ontario. Anywho, okay, so I, <laughs> I wanted to share a little bit about the idea and the role of controlling, I don't like the word controlling necessarily, but the role of the body in spiritual practice. So like I said, we're here, we exist in this world in a physical body, right? And like I said, in Ayurveda, in all of our healing protocols, we're going to look at healing the physical body first, right? Because it's the most tangible. It's the thing we can shift. It's the thing that we can see change in most easily, right? It's the thing that we can control most easily, rather. So if you think about the mind, whoo, controlling that mind, that'd be hard, peeps. Um, but controlling the physical body relative to the mind is quite easy. Um, not easy, easier, let's say. And if we look and we parallel yoga and Ayurveda, if you look at the limbs of yoga, Ashtanga yoga specifically, we have yama and niyama first, right? So those are the right ways of orienting our lives in a spiritual direction. And then we have asana, yama niyama asana. And I heard from my teacher, David Frawley, that uh, my Ayurveda teacher, that is David Frawley, that 
we use asana to learn how to control the body, right? We learn how to practice like precision in certain asana and, you know, we dedicate ourselves to perhaps a daily spiritual practice, like a daily physical practice to control the physical body. And once we've learned to control the physical body, then we can move on to more subtle practices. And we do the same in Ayurveda. So once we've, and I don't even want to say mastered the diet, okay? Because I don't think I've mastered the diet because here's the thing. We're constantly ebbing and flowing through the doshas and the gunas and times of life and different things are happening and then seasons are changing. So really mastering our food choices is on a deeper level, mastering the practice of tuning into our body and what it needs in each moment. But at the at the crux of everything, we begin healing with the physical body and then we move to more subtle aspects of healing. So I use this analogy in a recent Instagram post and I want to use the, the analogy because I think it's pretty great, but I, I use the analogy of um, like if you were going to go to the moon, right? If you were on a rocket ship to go to the moon, and I think like as yogis, we're going to like the metaphorical moon, man, like we're just like trying to take off to like spirituality and beyond. But um, if you use that analogy, and a lot of us are, we're so focused on the inner work and the inner work is super important. Like I'm not saying that it's not, but we, we actually do want to have both side by side. Um, and I'll talk afterwards about like maybe some mindset stuff around that. But if you are the best astronaut in the world and you have the best knowledge about how to get to the moon, you've like navigate, you like know all the stuff, but your rocket ship is not adequately prepared to handle what it's going to come up against, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel exhausted and tired and burnt out. So we need to make sure that the metaphorical rocket ship of our physical body is working well. If we want to access these deeper dimensions of yoga, and we also want to make sure that the astronaut knows what he's doing. So we're not trying to have like a monkey flying our rocket ship here. Like we also want to do that inner work. But what I'm trying to kind of highlight is that we do need both. And we might want to shift our mindset and our perspective away from, it doesn't matter what the rocket ship looks like, right? The rocket ship can be like the most beautiful rocket ship and it can be like ill-functioning. It could also be like a mediocre looking rocket ship and be working like really well, but we want to get tuned into and make that shift that the foods that we eat are fueling the functioning of our rocket ship slash physical body rather than being a means to having the rocket ship slash physical body looking this one particular way. Because the functioning of that rocket ship, that's going to take us to those deeper dimensions and places of yoga that hopefully we're all wanting to get toward. And the optimal functioning of said rocket ship, I'm going to stop using rocket ship analogy now. I'm going to use like the physical body analogy. (laughs) But the optimal functioning of your physical body, it starts with food and is accompanied by different lifestyle changes. So we want to start getting into, you know, proper routines. We want to start, you know, doing a daily meditation practice, practicing pranayama in a, you know, proper way. We want to do and we want to access those subtle aspects of healing. So when I work with people who are struggling with burnout and overwhelm and they think that, you know, taking like a bubble bath or I don't know, like meditating with essential oils, that's going to be this like a band-aid solution. Like that's going to heal them. No, no, no. Those are subtle aspects of healing. Those I totally recommend those things later in the Yogi Feel method, but initially we are focusing on 
the building blocks. Like we need to build up a strong physical body. We need to work on different, you know, mental modalities as well. Um, And then we can work on those subtle elements of healing. But I think that what we struggle with today is it's like we don't have the solid fundamentals of what we need in order to withstand the chaos of today's world. Now, I want to touch on something that I think is more important than all of the stuff I just talked about, because I'm very mindful that I said, you know, it's easier for us to control the physical body and we can do that with asana and we can do that with food. And when I say that the first step is controlling and supporting the physical body, by no means do I mean obsessing over it. I'm a huge believer. If you follow my work, I'm a big believer in what I call food sadhana. And I actually just put out an ebook called The Complete Guide to Food Sadhana. So if you're someone who struggles with your relationship to food, I highly recommend that book. It's actually been one of the most successful pieces of coaching that I give to my clients and I've just had raving reviews about that aspect of coaching. So I wanted to make it available in like a kind of easy to digest, (laughs) little Ayurveda joke there, easy to digest way. Um, So that is in an ebook on my website. I'll put the link in the show notes if I can figure that out. Um, But food and our relationship with our body, our relationship with food is a practice and we don't want to be overly obsessed with the foods that we eat. We want to remove any ideals and ideas of rigid right and wrongs from our diet. And that includes veganism. And so that's something, you know, that I've been really navigating as, you know, this brand has evolved as I've evolved is that I really started this being like waving the vegan flag saying that veganism is the best, all yogis should be vegan, I'm going to teach you how to be vegan. And I still think that um, veganism is wonderful for some people, that's the key there, but it is not the be-all and end-all for yogis, and it is not the 100% right diet for everybody. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. (laughs) Veganism is not the 100% be-all and end-all for yogis, and it's not the right diet for everybody. It's just not. Um, And in saying that, I'm not saying that veganism isn't great. It works great for me. It works great for so many people, but it's not right for everyone. And that was one of the things as well that I noticed in my coaching programs was that some people just, it didn't work for them. And that's okay. And trying to fit people into this ideal rather than support them in understanding what works well for their unique individual body is incorrect, in my opinion. Um, We can't force this one-size-fits-all approach on people. And a huge part of helping me understand that was deepening my Ayurvedic studies and really understanding that, yes, Ayurveda promotes a definitely vegetarian diet, but at the same time acknowledges that every body is different and every time of our lives will demand something a little bit different from us. And one of the things that I teach all my clients above and beyond anything else is learning how to tune into your body and pay attention to how you feel when you eat certain foods and using and channeling that wisdom that exists within you because it exists within all of us. And the last thing that you want to do ever is give up your personal power and the wisdom that you have and allow someone else to make those choices for you. Because deep down, we actually all know what it is that we need. We just need to start listening. We just need to start paying attention. 
And when we start listening to those messages around, say, food or paying attention to how our body feels in our physical practice, that wisdom like seeps into other areas of our lives and we start becoming more attuned to what we need. We start maybe saying no to, you know, situations that we want to say no to. Like maybe your friends are all going out, getting like hammered on the weekend and you're like, nah, I actually don't want to do that. Like that's not what my body wants to do. And then slowly but surely we start living more in alignment with like this bigger, higher vision that we have for ourselves. Okay. I think I have sufficiently covered all of the things that I wanted to cover around this topic, though I'm really passionate about this and I'll probably do more podcasts like around this sort of topic and the importance of food, but also how we want to hold it lightly. You know, it's like, I learned this from my teacher, David Robson, about asana. It's like, we want to honor and we want to respect the method of Ashtanga yoga or whatever, you know, type of yoga it is that we do. And we want to follow that method and we want to be disciplined, but we also want to hold that discipline lightly. So we want to be able to say, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to follow this diet that is fueling my body. That's making me feel nourished and filled up. And like that supports me in building OGIS and, you know, in supporting my immune system and in supporting my body from, you know, the effects of stress but I'm also not going to stress about food and I'm going to give myself the opportunity to eat a cupcake if I want it or to eat, you know, pizza if I want it or to eat, you know, an animal product if I want it, if that's what my body needs in this moment. All right. That's all she wrote, peeps. Um, But before I go, I just wanted to share a little bit more about the Yogi Fuel Method. So I had shared a little bit earlier about how in this time off, I'd really taken some time to reflect on Yogi Fuel and where I wanted this brand to go, where I wanted my coaching practice to go and what I wanted to really be teaching people deep down beyond, you know, delicious vegan food. And while I feel that food is such an important part of, you know, the healing journey, specifically around stress and energy, like we definitely need to fuel up our physical body. Like I said, in this whole episode, there are other subtle therapies that ought to be added in for, you know, deeper healing and deeper levels of nourishment and energy to come forth. And so the new and improved Yogi Fuel Method is now available. Um, I am now taking people. The program can be done completely online. You don't have to be in Toronto. You don't have to be in Canada. Um, You can be anywhere in the world. So if it calls to you, if you're feeling like you're struggling, like you're still experiencing stress and low energy levels, even though you have a daily yoga practice and you've still got this anxiety, even though you have a daily yoga practice, please send me a DM on Instagram, send me an email to hello at melissasing.com. And we should definitely have a conversation around whether or not this program is for you. Um, It's been really helpful for so many of the people that I've been seeing. And I know that you, whoever you are listening, (laughs) will benefit from the different dimensions of healing that I will be offering. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys are back on the podcast bandwagon, ready for some weekly episodes from me. And as always, if you've got any um, suggestions or stuff that you want me to talk about, please let me know. Um, You can send me a DM on Instagram, an email to hello at melissasing.com with podcast suggestions. If you want to be on the podcast, if you want to be interviewed, again, just shoot me a message or an email. 
And that is all. Oh no, I lied. There's one more thing. If you love this podcast, if you're like, this stuff is amazing, I would love for you to write a little review um, and leave a rating. You can do that over on iTunes or Spotify. I think you can do it on SoundCloud also. I would be really, really grateful if you would do that. This helps more people to find the Yogi Feel podcast and get all this wisdom that we be sharing. Okay, that is actually all. I'm officially leaving. Good day, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye!